discrimination. Don't let it block access to care. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Behavioral Health 2.0. My name is Suki Norris, and today we're going to further explore social determinants of health. In this episode, we're going to look at discrimination and how it relates to the social determinants of health. The social determinants of health include five separate pillars. The first is social and community context. Within social and community context is discrimination. In addition, there's loneliness, social cohesion, community gathering, things that we've talked about. But today it's really focused on discrimination. Discrimination is a key element of social and community context. Inequities in health and the very nature of the social determinants of health. Generally, discrimination is a differential behavior toward an individual or a group because of arbitrary characteristics, such as age, gender, or race. As we talk today, though, I want you to remember a couple of things. Remember what Barack Obama said, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. Martin Luther King Jr. said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Let's paraphrase. Disparities in health anywhere is disparities in health everywhere. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to start with some de definitions of discrimination. And the reason is there are a few different de definitions that speak to the kind of holistic concept of, de of discrimination. So it's important that we get a good feeling for what are the various types that we will be running into during the podcast today. As stated above, one, discriminate, one definition is that discrimination is a behavior and there are both objective and subjective forms. When a person is discriminated against due to an arbitrary characteristic and is aware of being discriminated against, you have a mixture there of objective and subjective discrimination. Racial discrimination is multifaceted, encompassing biological, social, and psychological factors. We define perceived discrimination as an individual's perception of being unfairly treated due to some personal attribute. Perceived discrimination manifests as chronic, routine, and relatively minor experiences of unfair treatment. And while they may be relatively minor, the totality of them becomes a much more major occurrence. The definition of healthcare discrimination includes differences in care that result from biases, prejudices, stereotype, and uncertainty in clinical communication and decision-making. The opposite of healthcare discrimination is medical mistrust, 
which is where people, because of the, uh, because of medical discrimination and healthcare discrimination, tend to distrust medical systems and personnel believed to represent the dominant culture in society. The definition of structural racism includes the systematic exclusion of non-whites racial groups from resources and mobility in society as a means to maintain power. I just wanna sit for a minute as we look at the totality of those definitions. It is almost like a power struggle. I keep what I have so you can't have what you want. Given the variety of definitions of discrimination, it's not surprising that over one third of US adults report at least one major discriminatory event and over three fifths report everyday discrimination. These definitions are the basis for describing healthcare disparities during this podcast. From physical health to behavioral health to other forms of disparities, we will form an understanding of why discrimination is included in the social determinants of health. What is the health disparity? Well, let's get into it a little bit. Health disparity has existed throughout our history. Americans have always experienced barriers to care based on race, ethnicity, socioeconomic status, age, sex, disability status, sexual orientation, gender identification, and residential location. The health disparities I'm gonna talk about today involve at least one of these barriers, if not more. Health disparities, the existence of them, are gonna result in obesity, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, birth outcomes, and mental health problems. With a demographic trend towards an increasingly complex racial and ethnic landscape in America, it will overcome all of us if we don't address the problem. Let me restate, every one of us will be in the place of, a, of being discriminated against in healthcare and facing up to health disparities if we don't address the problem. In understanding the breadth of discrimination challenge, it's helpful to take a look at what the statistics are. Now I might do it because I like math, but it's also important to understand the scope and breadth of, of what so far has just been words. For example, in a recent national poll, 74% of African Americans, 69% of other non-whites, and 30% of whites report that they have personally experienced general race-based discrimination. That means that three out of four people of color have experienced general race-based discrimination. And this study was not just adults, this was adolescents, young adults, and older adults. When discussing discrimination studies for the last 150 years, the most descriptive facts 
and most disruptive and very disappointing and depressing, I would say, stats are that African-Americans have higher rates of death, disease, and disability than whites across the board. Another national survey found that 57% of African-Americans indicate that discrimination occurred often or very often in interactions with white physicians. Why would you wanna go to a doctor if over half of your friends were being discriminated against by that very doctor? And this is just the tip of the problem. If we look at a particular diagnosis, such as the death rate in HIV, in 2017, African-Americans had an HIV death rate of 6.6 per 100,000, compared with 0.9 per 100,000 amongst whites. The National Health Disparities Report looked at discrimination more broadly. That report found that white patients received better quality care than 53% of Hispanics, 43% of African-Americans, 38% of America, India, India, Alaska natives, and 22% of Asian and Pacific Islander patients. Discrimination also occurs and exists in other communities. For instance, almost one third of LGBT, LGBT excuse me, adolescents reported discrimination based on sexual orientation compared to just 4% of heterosexual adolescents. Further, 52% of LGBT adults indicated that the discrimination had interfered with living a productive life. So the problem isn't just with being a person of color, it's really being a person who's different in this world. Finally, of the LGBT persons who experience discrimination, 25% reported self-harm compared to 6.3% of non-LGBT persons. 23% reported suicide, suicidal ideation compared with 7.4%, and LGBT persons had significantly higher depression scores. While the statistics show the existence of discrimination, unfortunately, it's not the whole story. Historically, medical research has exhibited blatant discrimination or racial bias that, is, that has changed, the, the hasn't changed. Within medical research, there is a tendency to define race as a biological difference and attribute research results to that inherent difference. The alternative is it's prevalent that people of color aren't included in that research so that the research doesn't present a percentage or even mirror society as a whole. Recently, or a little bit ago, I did some research on artificial intelligence, natural language processing. And what I learned in that is that 
natural language processing is good if you speak like an educated white person, but if you speak with a dialect or you have any other word language nuance, it doesn't understand you the same. So if we look at research and we say, and we try to draw general conclusions and we don't have a full and complete group of re people to research, our research is failing us from natural language processing to research about health innovations. Our research is failing us. So as we go down into this rabbit hole, which isn't really that at all, but more the entirety of what is the effect of discrimination in health inequity, we're gonna start with health implications. When comparing African-Americans to white populations, the six leading causes of preventable mortality were higher for Americans, cancer, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, infant mortality, chemical dependency, and homicide and unintended injury. African-Americans are at a greater risk for cardiovascular diseases, coronary heart diseases, and stroke. Studies have also found that African-Americans have documented higher blood pressure than non-Hispanic whites, a risk factor for so many illnesses. Those illnesses include heart disease, stroke, and end-stage renal disease. And that documented high blood pressure persists into old age, factors that contribute to a continuing of higher blood pressure, including socioeconomic status, obesity, and negative health behaviors. Diabetes is another chronic disease that is a, that's associated with racial, racial disparities. African-Americans have, have lower incidence of HbA1c testing, foot exams, blood pressure testing. In addition, when they perceive, when people of color perceive ethnic discrimination by their providers, which we know happens over half the time, their probability of managing their diabetes drops in half. Managing diabetes is critical to maintaining health. Another area where this has occurred, pain management. African-Americans reported significantly worse pain management scores compared to white Americans, but got very little treatment for it. And what happens if you don't manage your pain? The negative effects on your quality of life are pervasive. They impact your ability to partake in physical activity, to do community events, like we talked about last time, to have social cohesion and social relationships, like we've talked about before. It impacts your quality of life. So it's not surprising in looking at all this that the health disparities result in low medication adherence and lack of trust in your doctors. If this bar hadn't gone low enough, let's keep going. Medical testing also is impacted by health disparity. African-American women are less likely than white American women to receive testing for osteoporosis and if found, if they get tested and it's found, African-American women are less likely to receive 
treatment. Physicians generally are more likely to delay treatment of Africans, Americans suspected of having prostate cancer than white Americans. High levels of self-reported racial discrimination were related to preterm and low birth weight babies. And we know this is an ongoing and consistent problem that African-American women are consistently giving birth to low weight and preterm babies. People living with a disability also are impacted by health disparities. And unfortunately, while we recognize race ethnicity as inequities in the healthcare system, there is absolutely no such recognition of people living with a disability. And when I speak of disabilities, I mean Down syndrome, spina bifida, childhood disabilities that follow you, cerebral palsy, follow you into your adult years. While youth with disabilities often receive the healthcare they need, health systems aren't prepared, nor do they provide adequate healthcare for the complex needs as these, peop as these people living with developmental delays transition to adulthood. Wherever the discrimination, it causes human stress. And individuals who encounter more stress are more likely to develop illness and have worse outcomes. Increased stress causes elevated blood pressure, heart rate, and cortisol secretions. Perceived discrimination reduces self-control, which may increase participation in unhealthy behaviors or decreasing participation in healthy behaviors. Discrimination often causes a delay in treatment, resulting from a delay in medical tests and delays in filling prescriptions. And then the prescription filling delay affect medical adherence. But who can take an unfilled medication? The doctor's actions or lack of action result in an unwillingness to access preventative training, such as cholesterol testing, A1C, diabetic foot and eye exams, and flu shots. If we want to understand the disparities in healthcare, we only need to look at the myriad of studies over the last 20 years. These studies have demonstrated that African-American adults and children are less likely to receive appropriate testing or cutting edge medical procedures than white Americans. I also wanna look at the behavioral health implications because it isn't just the physical health that is impacted by health disparities. Latina feminist mental health activist said she felt alone because she saw mental health discussed or shown through the media, she never really saw people of color, which, which explains her sense of aloneness. And, you know, based on studies, she wasn't far from wrong. Perceived discrimination, which that is, is, a po is positively associated with three indices of mental health. For people reporting a lifetime discriminatory event, the odds increased dramatically for having a psychiatric disorder. African-Americans carry a more significant disability burden with, of schizophrenia. And schizophrenia includes the multimorbidity 
alcohol use disorder, marijuana use disorder. African-Americans living with schizophrenia report numerous social disadvantage, especially discrimination. And yet many find religious service is what keeps them grounded. Recent studies have found that African-Americans have twice the chance of developing psychotic system, symptoms and psychotic experiences. Repeated exposure to social adversity links these to the development of symptoms. It possibly links to the delusional symptoms through increased rejection, threat anticipation, and anxiety. Historical trauma, defined as unfair treatment, shows a higher prevalence of mental health problems. In a study of reservation-dwelling Native Americans, those with a greater sense of loss, historical loss, had greater odds of depression and PTSD. The story confirms the trauma created by the history of land loss and cultural changes in the Native American community. Everyday discrimination causes social stressors, like linked to detrimental cognitive functioning and a faster decline in episodic memory. In addition, the long-term effect of discrimination also includes decreasing processing speed and executive functioning. In short, the aging process is advanced due to discrimination. As much as I'd love to think this is all history, in a viewpoint published by JAMA yesterday, addressed racism as fundamental to depression disparities. African-Americans also face discrimination in treatment for substance abuse. Discrimination includes access to care and the success of treatment, which in turn reduces willingness to seek care. Over 100 stories have supported the relationship between discrimination and mental health, including treatment for substance use disorder. Apparently now it's 101 because of what I read in my email yesterday. The related issues include depression, anxiety, loss of self-esteem, post-traumatic stress symptoms, and indicators of psychosis and or paranoia. The reality of discrimination impacts health across a continuum of physical and mental health problems, which is the true measure of health inequity. Discrimination is widespread in the United States, from African-Americans suffering from racist name-calling, higher charges for goods and services, and salary discrimination and physical attacks. Individual and institutional discrimination has persisted in the United States, notwithstanding legislation and policies designed to fight it. Discrimination will continue to persist in the absence of change. I want to say this again. Discrimination will continue to persist in the absence of change. 
African-American families in the U.S. have about one twentieth of the wealth of white families. African-Americans are not unwilling to work, but they cannot overcome unfair policies and practices that favor the wealthy. Residential segregation severely restricts employment opportunities that further the wealth divide. While the location of housing may enhance social cohesion and community participation, it impacts access to fairness, access to the good paying jobs. To further underscore the problem though, we need to understand the responsibility of the medical profession. After treating both white and African-American patients, physicians surveyed described the African-Americans as more likely to abuse drugs and less likely to comply with medical rep recommendations, less intelligent and less educated. Several issues arise when looking at medical bias. Clinical bias includes negative feelings about individuals and groups because of a group membership. Personal bias is where an individual clinician has subtly discriminatory behavior. The behavior will persist unless the profession has motivation to control prejudice, to provide equal care that is colorblind. We need to address discrimination in housing, education, employment, before we can fully address health inequity. A point that I want to cover now might be minor in comparison to what I've discussed, but it's important because the question would come up, how do, how do people doing studies define discrimination? Well, that's, there are several assessments that they use. What I want to do now is give you examples of some of the questions that get asked. Here's one, thinking about the experiences you've had with healthcare visits in the last two years, have you ever felt that the doctor or medical staff you saw judged you unfairly or treated you with disrespect because of your race or ethnic group? Another study included several questions. Discrimination, a measure of major experiences of unfair treatment is a count of three items. One, do you think you have ever been unfairly fired or denied promotion? Two, for unfair reasons, do you think you have ever not been hired for a job? Three, do you think you have ever been unfairly stopped, searched, questioned, physically threatened, or abused by the police? Another assessment looked to identify various locations where you might have been discriminated against. Have you ever experienced discrimination, were prevented from doing something, hassled, or made to feel inferior in any of the following situations because of your race or color. For the pre we're gonna look at these seven settings. At school, getting a job, getting housing, at work, at home, seeking medical care, in public. Another that looks specifically at healthcare. Generally speaking, how often do you think our healthcare system treats people unfairly based on what their race or ethnic, ethnic background is. Does this happen very often, moderately often, somewhat often, not too often, or never? And the final assessment I wanna share is one again of healthcare. Within the past 12 months when seeking healthcare, do you feel your experiences were 
worse than, the same as, or better than for people of other races. Structural racism considers four domains. Political, particip political participation, employment and job status, educational attainment, and judicial treatment. These domains provide an easy to follow roadmap to address any discrimination determined by assessments and move forward fairly and equitably. Some thoughts about what we can do. The first thing I wanna say is that reducing health disparities by attacking discrimination cannot be an impossible dream. One study suggested steps that follow having to do really with the, the clinical team, the, the um, medical team. One, establish ongoing procedures to monitor and continually assess equity and care. Improve organization racial climate. Ensure racial diversity at all levels of the organization. Mandate effective training programs and hold staff accountable. Carefully implement quality improvement and, and last, partner with grant agencies and researchers to test creative and innovative strategies. Now, if our healthcare structure in this country from, the, from education to practice did this, followed these, then that, can you imagine how much better the practice of healthcare might be. Some other things that might help, providing social supports, teaching active coping styles. This could be at the community level, in a church, at school. Physical activity is shown also to reduce the feelings of discrimination and inequity. To address the healthcare inequity suffered by the LGBT community, suggested that early implementation of school-based programs could lessen the effect of discrimination. Teach kids young not to discriminate, and maybe they won't. Maybe they will learn other ways to behave. And the last couple of things, which I think are really important. We need to establish a national data resource that tracks the receipt of discriminatory care. Give people a place to comment, to share their stories and save it and make it a part of what we know about the medical community. Not on Twitter, not on Facebook, not somewhere there, but in a national data bank that collects, that is trained to collect and make that data available to researchers, schools and institutions and anyone who needs it to, provide, to create and provide better programs to address discrimination in healthcare. Finally, perhaps Medicaid, Medicare, and private insurance can follow the lead of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts. That is, they established equity measures in all contracts and provider payment programs. They expect their providers to meet equity requirements. Amazing. Well, this is kind of where I, I just want to wrap this up with a couple of comments. 
As I said earlier, I really wish the this article, this discussion, reflected a past, a history. But if today in my email I received two links to articles addressing raci- racism and health disparities in mental health, we clearly aren't there. But it does instill in me a co- the reality that it is more than time for us to move forward. And remember that we are the change going forward. We have to understand the discrimination of today and yesterday. And it's time to put it in our past, not to forget it, but to use it as the motivation to commit to a tomorrow that is the change we must seek. The time is now. The journey is hard, but it is well worth the taking. Thank you for listening. And please join me next time as we look at incarceration and the social determinants of health.